Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. The man, the myth, the legend. Who am I talking about? Well, stick around to find out. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. Start your 2024 sports season off right. The Team Snap for Teams app provides the tools you need to manage your team with ease. This includes the all new fundraising feature, which makes raising money for new equipment or your next tournament simple, built right into the Team Snap app. Or maybe you run a full league. From registration to scheduling to helping you build your club's website, TeamSnap for Business has the tools to take your programs to the next level. Learn more about all of TeamSnap solutions at TeamSnap.com. I can't pinpoint the first time I heard his name, but the story was hard to believe. An American making a huge impact on the development of soccer players in Japan? Since that first time I heard about his story, Tom Byer's reputation has exponentially grown, partly because Japan's national men's and women's teams are shining on the worldwide stage, and so are many of the star players. His expertise is now sought after in other countries, including in the United States. But in part one of my talk with Tom Byer, we're gonna do what we do, focus on Tom's childhood sports experiences and influences, and hear about the great stories and characters that impacted him. Let's get to it. Well, I am so privileged and excited and honored to have as my guest today, Tom Beyer. Tom, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Sean, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to having a very good discussion with you. Well, Tom, you are closer to where I was born, South Korea. And, you know, here I am in Minnesota, which isn't so close to where you were born. But we're going to get to how you ended up in Japan and the incredible work you've done all over the world. But I want to start with your childhood. Tell me a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in New York. Well, I was originally born in New York City. Grandparents had immigrated from Europe, like a lot of families. But we moved upstate New York when I was probably around second or third grade. And uh, upstate New York, my dad was in law enforcement. He was actually a police chief in a small area in upstate New York. And I really got involved in, in playing the game because my brother started playing and a couple of years older than I am, which is kind of normal. And our best friend's family had five boys. And every one of these boys were like outstanding athletes, regardless of what sport they played. But the oldest brother played soccer, so all of us kind of gravitated. He was kind of like our, our kind of idol that we all looked up to. Mm. Um, and so that's how I got involved in it. But the biggest thing probably impacted me in my life in upstate New York is that in our county, we had a community college, Ulster County Community College, mm -hmm. that had a, a Hungarian coach. That community college was a national powerhouse of soccer. Wow. And a lot of people don't know, but that probably was the single biggest influencer or spark for me when I was growing up because all of the players came from immigrant families in New York City, from Europe, mostly European, 
but they had unbelievable success, back-to-back national champions, 1977-78. And so that was really the catalyst for me, really having this kind of love and this desire to be a professional soccer player because the number one draft for the North American Soccer League back then came from our college, Diego mm-hmm. Pesha. And wow. we had three drafted. So that was a huge piece of my whole story for soccer and the inspiration behind it. But that was really big. And it was lucky, you know, because you're talking about this like little town in upstate New York or county, Ulster County Community College. And so that had a, a huge impact on me. So, Tom, take this in whatever direction just sort of jumps to mind. But what was your favorite childhood sports related memory for you? So I tried out for my Little League baseball team and I didn't make it. I did not make it. I got cut, which is unusual. And I remember how sad and how dejected and I felt rejected and that I was um, because I was going to play on what they call a farm team, which is like, you know, just not, not Little League, but it's the right. And I played for the Pirates. And I just remember my dad coming into my bedroom and I was crying and I was really upset about it. And he, he kind of told me, well, listen, son, if you practice and you, you do well, it's, you know, before you know it, you'll be playing literally. And that's what happened to me. So that was kind of the lesson. I went out, I worked hard. And then the next year I went into literally, I made the all-star team. And, you know, that was kind of a good lesson, you know, real quickly when I was young that, you know, a little bit of hard work does pay off. Mm-hmm. And then probably I had another negative too, which was in high school. I was on the, what's considered like the state team, mm-hmm. called the Empire State team at the time. And I was an outstanding player on my high school team, freshman, sophomore, junior. I was a varsity player. I was playing every game. I'd never played JV. They put me right at, and I tried out for the state team and I made it right to the very end of the cut. And then I got cut off the team. Hmm. And that was a shocker to me as well. And there was even a big write-up in the local newspaper, a guy by the name of Bruce Goldberg, who's a, a sports journalist, a sports editor, wrote a really scathing article because he they couldn't believe that I got cut off the team because I was pretty good, right? <laughs> but I used that too as a big motivator. And then that next year, my high school season, I was voted the MVP of the entire league conference. Yeah. So I've always kind of been one of those guys that adversity has been kind of my friend in certain, or at least, you know, negative things have been ways that I've been able to change things and and make myself better and push myself and motivate myself. But then I guess the biggest thing was being at Good Memories was going, and sorry, I'm giving you a list of things, but Ulster Community College, when I made the actual, you know, team, and then I was in the starting 11. Both my years, I started every single game. We went to the national tournament. I got offered full scholarships to go to universities. Hey, Tom, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That was George Rosario at the Ulster County Community College because it gave me that connection of that more of a European feel because he was European, all of the players that came to Ulster were pretty much Europeans and, and in particular Eastern Europeans, a lot mm. of Croatians, Greek players. You know, we had a couple of Italian guys, but yeah, it was so I, that was, he was the biggest influence by far. There's no doubt about it. He was a big impact on me. And you, you are a coach. What was it about his coaching style or what was it about him as a coach 
that really just made him stand out and, and make you just automatically say, this is the coach that influenced me so much? He was a bit old school, but for that time, that generation, he was a real disciplinarian. He really expected the best out of all players and the way that he would build that camaraderie and that cohesiveness. He was one of those guys. He was feared, which, you know, in today's world of sports, he probably wouldn't be able to coach in the same style that he did back in those days, but he was from the old school mm -hmm. kind of, right? So yeah. He was very direct. He loved his players. And I find that now in my own career and just watching the game and the sport worldwide, the best coaches in the world are those ones that are more or less kind of psychologists. They're able to manage the fear level of players to get the best out of them, especially what was considered the high performance level of athletes in general. So he was uh, really, he was a role model for, for me, at least at the time, or at least a big impact. What's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle or high school, Tom? My parents divorced when I was 12 and I grew up with my dad. So yeah, but in middle school and high school, I basically was almost parentless because my dad was a policeman and he spent a ridiculous amount of time away from the family. So I had to kind of be disciplined myself. I had to wash my own clothing. I had to do a lot of things that maybe some kids might not have to do because they've got a family with, you know, parents with moms and dads. So it was kind of a, a lonely childhood at home for me. My sister and brother were older than me and my, my sister and brother went away. My, my sister went away to college. My brother went into the Air Force. So I'm almost like an only child for a certain amount of years. So that was difficult. There were opportunities for me to kind of go a little bit astray, but thank God I didn't. And I think that was probably impact because of my dad and the, and the profession he was in as a policeman. So I was surrounded by a lot of law enforcement guys as well. So I think that could be was probably one of the challenges that I had. On the sports side, on the soccer field, things were going very well. I was always like probably the best or one of the best players on my team. I was the captain of the team. So on the soccer side, that was my outlet, which I think a lot of kids have that kind of kept me out of trouble, kept me on the straight and narrow, as they say, kept me busy, kept me involved. It, it, it gave me a target and a goal to go towards. But yeah, probably on my family side, my dad moved around a lot. We moved to a ridiculous amount of place, like every like a year or two, we'd like be moving to a different home. So yeah, that was kind of a tough challenge for me, I think, looking back. Yeah. Now, you, you talked about the two incredible years you had at SUNY. How did you end up in Florida and how difficult was that to leave home, right? Yeah, very interesting. So after Ulster County Community College playing in the national tournament, I was offered a full scholarship to the University of Baltimore. And then I decided in the summertime, I didn't want to go to the University of Baltimore. My heart was set on going to the <laughs> University of South Florida. And so if people don't know, if you sign a letter of intent and you don't fulfill that obligation, you have to sit out a year. And my whole family and my college coach, George Azvarez, thought I was nuts because I had a full athletic scholarship to University of Baltimore. I threw that away and I decided I wanted to go to University of South Florida that offered me nothing. 
And so I sat out a year and I went over to England to live with my brother. He was stationed at Air Force Base so that I could play on an amateur football or soccer team for that gap year. And that's what I did. Wow. Then I went back to New York. Wow. I worked all summer long. I sold my 10-speed bicycle. I got on a trailways bus. I went down to Florida and I went as a walk-on to the first practice training session at the University of South Florida and I won a starting position. And I'd later be named on the All Sun Belt Conference team and score a goal on the NCAA Division I National Tournament versus Duke University. What did you learn from your gap year in England when you were living with your brother and you played for that, that English club team? Was it easy? Was it harder than you thought? I learned that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, because I was coming from high school where I was, you know, right. I played on the varsity team every single game I started. I was captain my senior year. I'm the most valuable player, player of the year for Ulster County. Ulster County Community College, I go to the National, I get a full scholarship. And then I go to England and I see I'm, you know, I'm a pretty average player, right? But I was, I was good wow. enough. I, 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 I played quite a bit on my team. It was a team called Leiston FC. They played in the Ipswich Suffolk League. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I'm still connected to them, even through social media and things. They're actually quite proud of the way my, my career turned out. So I actually stay connected to them. But yeah, I went there. I also realized that if you really, really wanted to be a top player, that you had to put in an enormous amount of work into it. I mean, it, it's not enough to just show up to practice. There's a lot of work outside practice, after practice, before practice. So that gave me more of an understanding of what this sport is really about, that I was quite amazed. And also just the level of players, of, of how good they were, although... And also the the love and the passion for the sport there. I hadn't seen that because living in America is not a a football or soccer cultured country like England is. So everywhere you go, you're connected. They're they're marinated in a football culture. So everywhere you go, you know, people are talking about it. They're watching. They're just, it's everywhere. So that was a big surprise to me pleasantly. Yeah, that's probably the biggest takeaway from my time in England. And how did you end up in Japan? That's such a unique and rare pathway, you know, of an American who ends up playing professional soccer in Asia. My whole connection to Japanese soccer here is to George Vizzari again. George Vizzari at Ulster County Community College was on the U.S. soccer coaches education staff as a instructor for their A license, B license. And there was another guy by the name of Tom Zoft, who's a Dutchman. He was also on the U.S. Soccer Coaches Education Instructors panel. And George and Hans Off were friends. Well, Hans Off happened to be coaching here in Japan. And as it turned out, he became a legend. He was the first ever non-Japanese foreign head coach of the national team of Japan back in the early 1990s. But his his assistant coach, a guy by the name of Toyoharu Takata, went to the United States to get his B license and George Visvari was his coaching instructor. So when I, I came to Japan, Coach Visvari introduced me to Takata-san and Takata-san literally took me by the hand and brought me to Hitachi where I got my break and I got introduced to Japanese football there. I was the first foreigner to ever step foot on the practice pitch. They had never signed a professional. In fact, back then, They even had a rule 
where no foreigners could play on the first team. So I was on the team, but I could only play official games with the second team, but I trained with the first team. And so that wow. was my entree into to Japanese soccer. And then I fell in love with Japan and I wanted to stay there. And I obviously wanted to use soccer as the vehicle. And that's a whole nother story, man, how I got a big break by pitching the idea to Nestle, big company everybody knows. I pitched the idea to them to sponsor me and a bunch of former professional players, Japanese players, to go around the country doing soccer events. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap. Whether you're coaching a team or running a full club or league, TeamSnap has the solutions and the technology to keep you organized this year. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.